You have done a magnificent job. The visual impact that people will experience when they see what you have produced, you've been very impartial in your presentation, and you have allowed the people, the viewers, to make up their own mind. You present the, the evidence, and anyway, it's an honor to have you on the program. Uh, I want to say that the work that Dennis Wise has undertaken and accomplished and the value of this work cannot be underestimated at this time especially. He has undertaken to present uh, actual information about the most controversial period in human history. We have been given a narrative that has painted a picture, an image for the world to consume. And we have to look at this. The reason this is so important this time for everyone to look at is we have to challenge the lies. Okay, that's one thing right there, just from a moral standpoint. In our time today, it is more than that just a morality. It is a matter of physical survival itself because we have to look at this period and look at exactly what happened, which Dennis Wise has presented to us in his great accomplishment that he has put together there. The, we have to look, look at what happened. Who had power in 1945? It was Stalin, Churchill, and Roosevelt. And what did they do with this power? As again, illustrated in his great work, The Greatest Story Never Told. Yes, if you want to see the dangers that are facing the world today, just watch this film. One can see the actual facts, indisputable facts, of what really happened at that time. Welcome to Red Space. I am your host, Chase Parrish. If you have followed this podcast at all, you know that we cover issues that nobody wants to touch, as we firmly believe that the truth always sets people free, and we are willing to go there regardless of the consequences. On this journey, We have seen that the entire world has been erected around us in our formative years through lies and liars, as those who control the past control the future, and those who control the present control the past. I will be the human bulldozer who rips it all down, everything. The past half century since the Renaissance, we have witnessed our departure from God, and humanity needs a start from scratch. Let's get started. What do you think of Adolf Hitler? Addressing Adolf, Gandhi declared, We have no doubt of your bravery and devotion to your fatherland, nor do we believe that you are the monster described by your opponents. Today, the United Nations has condemned the denial and distortion of the Holocaust as its historical police had zoned off any further inquiry. I'm going to let that sink in for just a moment. The truth fears no investigation. Yet today, 16 European countries along with Canada and Israel, 
have a legalized free speech regarding the legitimacy of the Holocaust. Europe prosecutes these perpetrators under the claims of group libel, defamation of the dead, falsification of history, or, or anything else they can pull from their suitcase. Any and all clearances to challenge the Holocaust had been censored after World War II. Why? History is supposed to be something to be analyzed, scrutinized, estimated, and studied, like is under the manuscript on archaeological findings reflected in the Bible. In lockstep, Holocaust denial did not pick back up until the 1970s, holding a line with ironclad presences in Canada, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. Why would the world want people with alternative views to keep their mouths shut and their minds dulled from critically analyzing historical events that have perpetually gripped humanity in ghastly horror, blindly commanding our impressions to a series of narratives propagated by our top-down society? You see, historian Harry Elmer Barnes wrote, any attempt to make a competent, objective, and truthful investigation into the extermination question would surely be the most precarious adventure that a historian could undertake today. Iranian President Ahmadinejad stated, if this is indeed a historical event, why do they want to turn it into an only think? That one shouldn't be allowed to ask questions about it. Nobody can study or research it. Why? If this is a historical documented event, why do Western states show so much sensitivity? They don't want the lid to be taken off. I'm asking them to permit studies, end quote. Well, don't just take an Arabic president. Jewish rabbi R. Friedman noted, the Islamic Republic of Iran has been steadfast, exerting efforts in the struggle against, wait for it, the global myth of the Holocaust. Global Zionism has succeeded in distorting historical truth in its favor. Well, what about Arthur, author Richard Harwood, who declared, as the Zionist people themselves are concerned, this deception has been of an incalculable benefit. Every conceivable race and nationality has had its share in suffering in the Second World War, but none has so successfully elaborated it and turned it to such great advantage. End quote. We don't just stop with the first Jewish rabbi. Jewish rabbi Yosef V. Ben Parat stated, Hitler claims in his book that the Jews are communists that Jews made the Russian Revolution, killing 30 million Russians, all the intelligent ones, in a cruel, horrific way. And that that's their plan for the entire world. That the next country in line would have been Germany. And that they founded the German Communist and Socialist Parties. Wait for it. And it's true. Hitler was correct stating that if they didn't defeat them then, that the Jews would eliminate them and they would slaughter another 20 million, all the intelligent people. 
That's how they went from country to country, so eventually the only intelligent ones remaining would be the Jews. Here is what he says. Make no mistake, Hitler was right. The Russian Revolution was made by the Jews. End quote. You see, Hitler was deeply concerned about these powerful internationalist and communistic tendencies through Zionists' disproportionate leadership in communistic and socialistic movements by the likes of Karl Marx, Rosa Luxemburg, and Karl Leibniz. Hitler was determined to purify his motherland from multiculturalism by which the multiculturalist project still is in continuation and operation today by the likes of Zionist George Soros's Open Borders Society, intending on breaking down the borders of the nation-state to erect globalism. In 1972, not, not 50 years ago, Billy Graham told President Nixon, this stranglehold has got to be broken, or the country is going down the drain. If you get elected a second time, though we might be able to do something. They're the ones putting out the pornographic stuff. A lot of the Jews are great friends of mine, but they don't really know how I really feel about what they're doing to this country, end quote. Well, don't take a Christian's word for it. What about another Jewish rabbi, Jeroen Raven, who stated, Hitler first comes into power. What's his first law? Rule number one, no more pornography. No more homosexuality. No more garbage. Berlin in the 30s and the 20s was the Sodom and Gomorrah of the day. He outlawed it, closed all the bars, all the gay clubs, all the production that was all run by Jewish people, end quote. In 1933 in Berlin, Hitler commenced a public burning of pornography and also, tying into this, communistic literature. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I must here draw a divarication line between Jews, who are our friends, and Zionists, who are not. You see, Hitler made a speech declaring, Are you willing to be plundered? Yes or no? Are you stupid enough to keep quiet in the process? Yes or no? And when a democracy is stupid enough not to stand up, then it is good. But when an authoritarian state stands up and declares, you will not plunder our people any longer, neither from the inside nor from its outside, then that is bad. The truth is, money rules in these countries. Hitler continued, they talk about press and freedom when in fact all these newspapers have one owner and the owner is, in any case, the sponsor. The press then shapes public opinion. What really matters is the existence of this group of democracy makers. That is the existence of a few hundred giant capitalists who own the factories and shares and who ultimately lead the people. They are not at all interested in the great mass of people. Zionists, they are the only ones who can be addressed as international elements because they conduct their business everywhere. It is a small, rootless, international clique 
that is turning the people against each other, that does not want them to have peace. It was a struggle, especially against the people who seem to have omnipotent power in our nation, the struggle against the Zionists. A satanic power had taken over our whole country who had been able to grip key positions of our intellectual and spiritual life, but also of the political and economic life. And for these key positions, we're able to control and monitor the whole nation. This power had at the same time influenced to persecute even with the law, those who fought against this power, end quote. In the movie The Believer, Ryan Gosling's character says something strikingly similar. Quote, They ripped us out of a world of order and reason and threw us into a chaos of class warfare, irrational urges, and relativity, where the very existence of matter and meaning was in question, pulling at the fabric of human life until there's nothing left but nothingness undermining traditional life and deracinating society. They can't farm or have a trade. All they can do is buy and sell, invest capital, and manipulate markets. They take the life of a people who are rooted in soil and turn it into a cosmopolitan culture with books and numbers and ideas, end quote. Remember President Trump? Our financial system was a swamp. And Trump arose with a strategy to drain down to the dregs that Zionist, antichristic, Luciferian central banking system. Hitler had run his same strategy by which Winston Churchill had declared the unforgivable sin of Hitler's Germany was to develop a new economic system by which the international bankers were deprived of their profits. Now, just prior to Hitler, we see the German markets had plummeted, completely emptying their treasuries, destroying their currency, and enslaving their citizenry to Zionist bankers, like when the Israelites sold themselves to Pharaoh. But when Hitler arose to power, he thwarted the banking cartels, issuing his own currency with strategies for prosperity and abundance, that within five years, Germany would translate from the poorest country in Europe to its richest. The Zionist bankers declared a global boycott against Germany as a rebel, shutting Hitler out from foreign credit. Yet Germany bypassed the bankers, restoring free trade with neighboring nations with barter systems that cut internationalists out of the deal, eliminating national debt and trade deficits. You see, Adolf Hitler had single-handedly escaped English economic theory by forming his own currency and using it for the benefit of his people. Instead of borrowing it against the gold standard owned by the global banking cartels such as the Federal Reserve or the Central Bank of Europe. In the book, Hitler did not want war. Henry Macau said Hitler took over the privilege of manufacturing money, and not only physical monies, but also financial ones. He took over the machinery of falsification and put it to work, 
for the benefit of the people. Can you possibly imagine what would have come if this had infected a number of other states, end quote? What about another book, Billions for the Bankers, Debt for the People, where Sheldon Emery said, Hitler issued debt-free and interest-free money from 1935 on, which accounts for Germany's startling rise from a depression to a world power in just five years. The German government financed its entire operation from 1935 to 1945 without gold and without debt. It took the entire communistic world to destroy the German revolution and bring Europe back under the heel of the bankers, end quote. At current, today, presently, Adolf Hitler has been demonized as the world's most evil man as to date. As Adolf had so boldly declared, dared to publicly rail against a Zionist banking system, including the Rothschilds, and even to seize their holdings at Austria in 1938, which is a line that anyone with a little bit of sense would never even dare to cross. Some people just want to watch the world burn, yet there are others yet courageous enough to struggle trying to save it. The current hero of our day happens to be none other than Vladimir Putin, who is under fire by the ravening Zionist Illuminati central bankers. As only in 2022, President Vladimir Putin celebrated with Russia, this is the best present that we can provide. Our future generations will be born without Rothschild chains around their wrists and ankles. The greatest tradition that has been passed down is a tradition of liberty from enslavement. The Rothschilds do not own the world, and they do not have the carte blanche to do whatever they want. We will not be bullied by them, end quote. While our cowardly American administration has surrendered to the central bank's ESG scores, Russian finance minister Alexei Kudrin applauded Putin's accomplishment in driving the Rothschilds out of the country, declaring, we have shown that it is possible. And if I could right now, as of current, speak to President Putin, I would say that the international bankers bring into war any and every one who does not comply with their system. And when they win, and they will win, will shred every ounce of dignity you operate within and leave your nation to the Dust Bowl, a perpetual disgrace. Biden was to Putin what Churchill was to Hitler, egging Hitler on into a war that he could not avoid, while Hitler was succeeding in rebuilding what would have been not only the greatest nation in Europe, but the greatest nation on Earth. But the bankers didn't want it to succeed, as Zerubbabel didn't want Ezra to succeed. Erasing indoctrination about Adolf Hitler is just about one of the most difficult things to do. Just like as long as there have been reports of 9-11, there had been people determined to undermine them. So as long as there have been reports of Nazi war crimes, 
there had been people determined to undermine them. Holocaust denial initiated in Britain. Nazis themselves actually had become the initial deniers. An inmate himself at Buchenwald, Paul Rassenier, spoke out about the myth of the Holocaust, stating, The Third Reach, after all, had furnished us with everything that we needed. Food, everything necessary to keep us perfectly clean and comfortable, lodging in a camp as modern as possible, health, recreations, music, lectures, sports, a Christmas tree, and so forth. And we did not know how to take advantage of that. This was proof that Hitler was right, and that with very rare exceptions, we belong to a physically and morally inferior part of humanity. They did not understand how we could be so thin, so weak, so dirty, and so badly clothed, end quote. About exaggerations of Nazism, Rassenier denounced them at every turn in the coming decade. You see, in 1931 through 1940, the Havera Agreement between German officials and the Palestine Center of the World Zionist Organization assisted Jews to emigrate from Germany to Palestine with their wealth that they had gained plundering Germany intact. Among any who remained, 150,000 Jews became soldiers who fought for the Third Reich, including two field marshals, 15 generals, eight lieutenant generals, and five major generals, cumulatively commanding up to 100,000, I said 100,000 troops, not men, troops, in which 20 would receive the Reich's highest military honor, the Knight's Cross. Hitler's bodyguard, the one who guarded Hitler's body, was a Jew who founded the SS. Hitler didn't have an issue with Jews. Let me repeat that. Hitler did not have an issue with Jews. Hitler had an issue with Zionists. And anyone proven not to be a Zionist was installed in his army or got along with Hitler. But those who did prove to be Zionists would go with the Palestine Center of the World Zionist Organization to, is to the new Israel with their wealth intact. This was Hitler's strategy for fizzling out the Jews from the Zionists. Hitler did not handle a hatred for Jews by creating an Auschwitz extermination camp. Again, author Richard Harwood declared, during the First World War, the Germans were actually accused of eating Belgian babies. Not Jewish babies, but babies from Belgium, as well as delighting to throw them in the air and transfix them on bayonets. The British also alleged that the German forces were operating a corpse factory in which they boiled down the bodies of their own dead in order to obtain glycerin and other commodities, a calculable insult to the honor of an imperial army. After the war, 
came retractions. A public statement was made by the foreign secretary in the House of Commons, apologizing for insults to the German honor, which were admitted to be wartime propaganda, end quote. No, the gas chambers were not actually a weapon. Soap was not made of a victim's body fat, and lampshades were not made out of skin. Now, I've watched interviews of anti-German communists, such as Zek Dr. Blaha, explain witnessing the mechanics of the gas chamber process. Yet his mathematics just do not compute. As it was communistic doctrine of post-World War II collaborators to denounce Germany crying, gas chambers, as SS Holreigel cried at Malthusen when there weren't any there. These men and others desired international pardon for participating in anti-Nazism communism through the charades of the Nuremberg trials where communists would would delightedly say what the Zionist bankers wanted them to say. Such charades occurred among Louis-Martin Chauffier, David Rosset, Eugene Cojan, Reverend Father Riquet of the Society of Jesus, Professor Pierre Badox, and others, who in the war were at that time communists, only later to become whatever the Zionist bankers wanted them to be. For counsel of the, Zionist, of the German Protestant Church president and pastor Martin Niemöller to get pardoned at the Nuremberg trial, Pastor Martin testified that 238,000 756 persons have been exterminated at the Chow, although we know today there are approximately 30,000. He also confirmed the existence of gas chambers. Today, we know from data and from evidence that there were none. He metamorphosed as soon as the wind turned, yielding allegiance to the Communist Party and became the most severe denouncer of Hitler solely with an eye to escape a defendant's bench. In conclusion, what happened in World War II was horrible on all accounts in all countries. War is ghastly. However, at times, war is the protection of one's own people. Even as Hitler said, the most precious possession you have in the world is your own people. And for this people, and for the sake of those people, we will struggle and fight and never slacken and never tire and never lose courage and never despair. My name is Chase Parrish, and this is Red Space.